This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're talking about the generations, and it just strikes me. This is by far the edgiest radio show that's ever been on KMOX, and we're playing Journey, and it's like, uh, we're going to teach these people how to party, and... If Jin Z's listening to this, you're like, was this the theme song at the Golden Girls? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, just like all perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into sports, there's a lot to talk about in sports. I saw this story, and it's, I just thought it was so intriguing, that, did you guys know this about J.K. Rowling wrote a book or a series of books under a pen name? Mm-hmm. You knew this? Yeah. And it's like a detective? Robert Galbraith was her okay, pen name. there you go. And it flopped. It was number 4,709 on the New York Times bestseller list. So then she came out and said, like, hey, that's me. And it went to number one. Oh, that's so lame. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like not a shock. I get it. The difference between Harry Galbraith and uh, J.K. Rowling. But still, it's like so. See, I think about that, that I've done several live stand-up comedy shows. And they've all gone very, very well, which lures me into thinking that I could go just do stand-up anywhere but I don't think I see the difference. And that's how I view this. That when you didn't know it was J.K. Rowling, you didn't think much of this book. Well, you also didn't even probably didn't even try it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Evidently, not many people did. But then when it's J.K. Rowling, you're like, oh, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> you got to read and, this. It also, I think, proves that maybe outside of this one thing where she kind of struck gold, she might not be like. That's that's a good that point too. Writer. Like she yeah. maybe had a really good idea and was able to build this world very well. It's a good point too. I mean, to a lot of people using music. How many people have made a great album but never had great follow ups? Yeah, but do you think that makes them not that great of an artist or not that great of a writer? Because even if all J.K. Rowling ever did was Harry Potter, I think yeah, she's I mean, that's oh, way yeah. more than yeah. I could ever hope yeah. to do. That's true. I think. Coming fact, up with something like that. If is, I'm J.K. Rowling, yeah. I'm never writing it. I'm not even writing a grocery list. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Never writing again. You come Same. up with something like that or uh, George R. R. Martin with, with uh, yeah. Game of Thrones books that are not You're called done. that, I know. Like, everything else is pointless. Mm-hmm. You could be like Mr. Consistent or Mrs. Consistent, like decent book, good solid book, good solid book. When you come up with a universe mm-hmm. and it's like that, you won. You're the champ. Uh, where do you want to start with sports? You tell me. There's a million. Uh, how about this? I'll just start with a quick thing because obviously with the Cardinals flagship. Six weeks from spring training. Wow. Wow. We are six weeks from spring training. Wow. I think February 13th is the first day for pitchers and catchers. So we are six weeks from spring training, 80, 86 days till opening day for the Cardinals. Catch all of us up on what we've done so far 
in the postseason as far as the roster. So the, the, the obviously it's all starting pitching. So the Cardinals have you know brought back Lance Lynn. They brought in a guy named Kyle Gibson who pitched at Mizzou, who's been around the big leagues for a long time. Those guys are both. Uh, you know, Lance Lynn, I think, is now 37. I think Gibson's 35. Veteran solid. You know, they'll go get you 180, 190 innings and hopefully be better than they were. Well, Gibson will be fine, but Lynn, you'd hope, will be better than he was last year. It was a pretty rough year for him. Um, but he was better in 22 and 21 than he was last year. So we'll see which is the real guy. Maybe it's somewhere in between. And obviously the big move was Sonny Gray. Mm-hmm. So they brought in, you know, the, the guy that finished second in the Cy Young voting in the American League last year. And that's pretty That's pretty much it. I mean, we're are still you, waiting on bullpen moves. Are you a little surprised or is it still very early? No, I mean, it's neither. It's neither. I mean, you're not late. You know, there are, there are free agent signings all the way up until spring training. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not unusual. And the free agent market for re- relief pitchers hasn't gone crazy yet. There hasn't been a big run on them. There's plenty of them out there. So, how about starting pitchers? Who's left that we would have a shot at? I don't know if there's anybody. <laughs> I mean, they could make a trade, but it. there's nothing out there. There's nobody reporting the Cardinals are talking to this team or that team. It doesn't mean that it isn't happening, but it's not being reported. And the guys that are still available, I don't think there's anybody available in free agency that they would spend the money on. So not names, because it drives me crazy in sports where people are like rumors. Yeah. Like, no, not names, but positions. What do you expect the Cardinals to do before they hit the field? I, I would expect at least a couple of relief pitchers. Like known na- known commodities, not mm-hmm. not just good players or somebody that's got some upside or whatever. Yeah. They they've added some of those. They've made a couple other moves, right? They've made smaller moves. They traded Tyler O'Neill. Uh, they got a relief pitcher in that deal who might be something, might not be, but at the very least, yeah. you know, he's relatively he's inexpensive. He's relatively young and he throws hard. Right? They've so, added a bunch of guys that throw hard. Other than within L.A. County. Uh, have the Dodgers just set themselves up to be the Darth Vader? Oh, yeah. They're the evil empire right now. <laughs> Without question. I mean, for anybody that everybody that follows knows, but I mean, they signed Otani and then they went out and, you know, they gave him $700 million and obviously with a unique contract structure yeah. with a lot of deferred money. But then they also went out and signed one of the stars from the Japanese league named uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who, and they gave him $300 million. So a billion dollars. A billion dollars on two guys total. Now, granted, it's a billion dollars over tw- 10 or 12 years yeah. or whatever, but still, um, it's a billion dollars for two guys. And you're very comfortable that they'll make that money back. Oh, my God, yeah. The, the Dodgers are, like, their local TV deal alone is $600 million a year and climbing. That doesn't count anything they get from the national TV deals. It doesn't count all the tickets they sell. And the Dodgers are usually first or second in attendance. Normally, it's Dodgers, Cardinals, one and two, or Cardinals are usually in the top three in attendance. Dodgers are always one or two. So, you know, you figure 45000 a game for 82 games at L.A. prices. So, you know, it's average tickets, probably 70, 80 bucks. They're, they're, they're okay. They're doing just fine. And with players like that, and one of the things that, for them in particular, but for the teams that will spend on mm-hmm. guys like Otani and Yamamoto, those two have huge followings in Japan. Would like you, th- there are tons of fans now that'll be giant Dodger fans and watching, and they'll have their own TV deal for Dodgers games in Japan. Would you expect Dodgers games at Bush to be a thousand dollars a ticket by the time that they Ooh, that's gets a there? good question. I don't know about that, but I guarantee it'll sell out. I would, I would think it would. Yeah. Now, yeah. They're not, maybe that's not a good guarantee. Um, 
because you never know. Like if the Cardinals are not playing well and they stink again like they did last year, you might find that there's some tail off. But I would think that as early as single game tickets are on sale, that game probably sells out. Uh, football. So Mizzou, uh, Mizzou. Nick is a Mizzou kid. So even without that, I would have been what a great year though. watching the Cotton Bowl. But with with him, it's like you know, very special. The first three quarters of that game were terrible. Yeah, they were. It was an awful game. Like it was not a quality game. No. But it's great a finish. Good, it's a good win for Mizzou, though. Yes. I mean, the sum total parts of Mizzou, an 11-win season in the SEC yeah. with a game against Ohio State and a bowl, 11 wins is a big deal. That'll ha- I mean, it has to be one of the two or three best seasons in Mizzou history. Uh, so, congrats to all my yeah. Mizzou peeps out there. And um, I'm so confused. The, <laughs> the, the, the pro portal and all this. The transfer portal? Yeah, and then Florida State, who people were really... Their nose out of joint. They could have. They should have been Final Four. Lost sixty three to three. Yeah. Uh, and, and my understanding is it's because half their team was in the portal. Explain well, this. So they had a mix of things, right? So Florida State, for people that didn't remember, they went undefeated, and until the last week of the year, they were one of the top four teams that would be a playoff team. Uh, but an undefeated Power Five team got left out of the Final Four. Got left out of the playoff because their quarterback got hurt. And the committee said, well, without your quarterback, you're not the same. Team. You're not one of the four best teams. We're not going to put you in because the games after he got hurt, their offense was terrible. I mean, they ended up winning because they were playing weaker opponents, but they, it was pretty bad. So, so do they look really smart now. N- nah, no, because I mean, if you look at Florida State had eight guys sitting out in preparation for the NFL draft. So those are those are opt outs. That's not guys that transfer. Those are players that are going to the NFL draft and said, I'm not playing in a meaningless game and getting hurt this close to the draft. So you had eight of those, and then you had a whole bunch of other guys that jumped into the transfer portal. And in addition to the starting quarterback being down, so that's Jordan Travis, who would have been a Heisman Trophy finalist. He was one of the best college football players in the country this year. In addition to him still being out because he tore his ACL, the backup quarterback transferred out. So you were down to the third quarterback. That poor kid. Yes, and you you take, I mean, like look at Ohio State. Ohio State was down to their third quarterback. Yet they had almost all of their other players, and they couldn't score. Yeah, They were awful on offense. I mean, they, their defense played well against Mizzou, and they gave Mizzou a, a, a fit because their defense was good. But t- again, Ohio State's an elite program, right? Only loss was to Michigan, who's now going to the national yeah. championship game. But you get down to the third quarterback, that's what the offense looks like. By the way, even th- and their number one receiver sat out. Like for for Ohio State because he's gonna he might be the number one pick in the draft he'll go in the top three or four so he sat out but they have a tight end that's gonna be an NFL player their running back is an NFL running back their top receiver in the game Emeka Abuka is gonna be an NFL player right is, they had is, NFL players around this kid I know you're just one guy but you're a guy that's done this for almost thirty years uh, overall is the transfer portal and all this stuff is that a good thing for yeah, college football I think so I mean. People don't like it because people don't like uncertainty. Mm-hmm. But look at the quarterback for Washington. They're going to the national championship game. He was in Indiana. If he doesn't transfer to Washington, he never gets a chance to be a Heisman finalist, never gets a chance to play for a national championship. And by the way, Washington doesn't get to play for a national championship if there's no transfer portal that allowed him to do that. Uh, same thing with the quarterback at, at Oregon. Uh, Knicks, who was at Auburn, ended up going to Oregon, became a Heisman finalist. And like, it's it's overall it's chaos. It's yeah. difficult to manage. 
But it actually makes sense because there are kids that get into spots where they're not in their best place. Okay, before I ask you the next question, I need to apologize to Rachel because <laughs> what's wrong? Because I asked you this question at lunch, and oh. poor Rach was putting thumbtacks in her eyes because uh, it's it's pretty inside baseball. But since you're a Detroit kid and one of the worst calls of all time in the NFL that really affected the playoffs, the Lions. Rach, you can leave if you want. Okay. How mad he is. Mm. He's wearing his Lions hoodie, too. I know. Uh, so at the end of the Lions and Cowboys bet, it was really big. It was an important game in week 17 of the NFL. Both teams are already in the playoffs. They were battling for seeding in the NFC, and the winner would still have a chance at being the number one overall seed in the NFC. Turned out that didn't matter because San Francisco won later and took that off the board. And parenthetically, the Lions have sucked since the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, this like, is look, really big for they've you won guys. A, they've won a single playoff game in my lifetime. My lifetime, they've won one playoff game. I'm 52 years old. Crazy. So, and, and most of those years, you have to understand, most of those years, it wasn't like, oh, close but no cigar. They just sucked. Yeah. I mean, they were the first team ever to go without a win. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, that we've seen. So they're playing the game, and it was a really great back-and-forth game. Detroit drives down the field on the last drive. They score a touchdown. An extra point would send it to overtime, but they decided to go for the win. They decided to go for the two-point conversion. They pulled it off. They threw a tackle-eligible play to their left tackle, caught the touchdown pass, and then the referees threw a flag. They said he didn't that he wasn't an eligible receiver, and they said he did not report as an eligible, which an offensive lineman can. If you're wearing an offensive line number, you have to report to the referees, hey, I'm the tight end in this formation. And so then, I'm eligible. Again, parenthetically, I didn't know this, that the referees then go to the defense and yeah, say, yeah. that guy's eligible. 68 is eligible. And they actually announce it over the PA then also. Wouldn't you make sure you cover that guy? You would, but but there's a reason it works because a lot of times it's all smoke okay. and mirrors. It's a decoy. Like, a throwing to a six foot six, three hundred and twenty pound guy is really low percentage. No guarantee, right? It's not exactly somebody that you're necessarily going to cover, and it's always disguised in a in a very particular way. Great, you hanging in? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm anyway, <laughs> anyway, the controversy came in that the referee actually announced the wrong player as reporting eligible. Right. So number sixty eight was the one that reported eligible, and there's video of sixty eight going up to the official. And they're having a conversation screwed the pooch. while another guy, number 70, is running on the field. And they reported number 70 as the eligible guy and 68 not. So because the referee got the number wrong, not reviewable, nothing you can do about it. And by the way, the NFL has still not offered any clarification. The league has not communicated that with, with the team, with the Lions, or with the public as to why that How was bad gotten is it wrong. in Lions Nation? Oh, everybody's losing their minds. Now... The reality is if the Lions win this week and Dallas loses, then all is right in the world and the Lions would be the number two seed. But Dallas is probably not going to lose. Hmm. They got a relatively easy matchup. But okay. anyway, basically what happened was the referee got the equivalent of a coin toss wrong. Yeah. Someone called heads and he said tails is this the equivalent of the mistake. 223 DGS on KOX. Good to be back. Happy New Year to everybody. Um... Gypsy Rose. Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Never heard the name before the Christmas break. I think I know the basics of the story, but this is something you've been in on for a while. Well, I watched the documentary about it. There's one on on HBO. I think it's called Mommy Dead and Dearest. And I watched that a couple years ago. 
uh, and then rewatched it over the. I love that you're like. I think it's called Mommy Dead and Dearest. I'm not sure about that. I think the release date was. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no. Gypsy Rose Blanchard killed her. Well, she uh, assisted in a murder, basically, to kill her her mother, Dee Dee, uh, because her mother was basically torturing her her entire life. Munchausen. Yeah. Um, so, so Gypsy Rose was, it was said like, oh, she has muscular dystrophy and she has leukemia and she has all this stuff. Well, there's really nothing wrong with her, but her mom would shave her head and make it seem like she was losing her hair due to treatments and she she had a feeding tube God. inserted. Like she, she convinced like doctors, right? She There were a, f- a few doctors who tried to blow the whistle, but it's kind of hard to be like, you're faking. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like a sticky situation. So there were a couple of notes that were found, you know, during the investigation from doctors that said, I'm not so sure that, you know, that there's anything wrong with this girl. But in general, yeah, she was able to just manipulate people and get what she wanted and and treated her daughter as if she was extremely sick. Um, she told her daughter that she was, I think, five years younger than she actually was. And she was able to get away with that by saying, you know, all of our our birth certificates and paperwork were washed away in Hurricane Katrina. So they just had a lot of stuff going on. Her mom, well, here's the thing. You don't get to hear from Dee Dee Blanchard because she's not here anymore. She's dead. (laughs) So, I mean, it's a really interesting case because Gypsy Rose basically convinced her boyfriend at the time to murder her mother so that they could be together in their minds. That was the only way that they could ever you know, start a life together. How old were these two kids when the murder happened? Ish. Um, I believe twenty one ish. Oh, okay. Twenty one. I thought they were like teenagers. No. Okay. Well, everyone thought that Gypsy Rose was much younger than she actually was because that's what her mother was telling people. So it's it's a really interesting situation because you you watch these documentaries. I watched like her on Doctor Phil. She did a, quite a few interviews from prison because she'd spent like the last seven years in prison. The reason why she's back in the news is because she just got out of prison a couple yeah. days ago. Um, is she a hero? A lot of people are treating her as if she's a hero. And I I get it because she was abused her whole life and she was kept in this box. And she was even said, you know, I felt more freedom in pr- prison than I did at home with my mom. But then at the same time, you watch her. Le- <laughs> the other day I was watching like the unedited video of her interrogation because <laughs> I got pretty into it over the break. I mean, nothing else going on. Okay. And she, I mean, she didn't want to admit the fact that she had anything to do with this for a very long time. You know, it, it's not so cut and dry as like, I'm 100% a victim. There yeah. was definitely some premeditation and there was some ma- manipulation on her part too. But then you go, well, that's the only life she's ever known. That's what she learned from her still mother. In jail? Yes, he is. Because he actually did it. He actually did it. He's serving life in prison without Ooh. the possibility of parole. Yikes. And then another wow. 25 years for, I think, armed criminal action or something like that. So, yeah, it's uh, if you want a good true crime to dive into, that is interesting. It, it happened here in Missouri. Um, wow. Yeah, I think Springfield, Missouri. And when Gypsy Rose was released from prison, she was told to leave the state. Like, Dave, why does that happen? I, I couldn't find online, like, why that was, why that happens whenever people are released from pre- prison. I don't know. We'll have to ask uh, Chet that one. Yeah, that might be a good question. I've heard him. of don't leave the state. You know? yeah, yeah, she right, was ordered right, right. to leave. Which was really strange because she was kicked out of Springfield, Missouri. (laughs) The whole thing was like, oh, I want to go to the Chiefs game and I want to meet Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And they were like, no, you must leave the state. You're not meeting Taylor Swift. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 234 DGS, first day back. So give us a little grace, kind of figuring out how to, what to do with our hands again. I tell the guys I feel like I am doing the show as if I'm doing a high school play. Like I'm shouting it out to the back rows. <laughs> I was doing my Goman live and halfway through I'm like, take it easy, dude. Dave is like, acting. He's got like a huge exaggerated smile. The market could go crazy in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> take it down. Um, uh, warning, like it's not adult content. It's just how babies are made. Uh, but we've talked about... That when the when the swimmer fertilizes the egg, it 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 beats like four hundred other swimmers. And my understanding is that uh, back in the day with Jack and Francis, had it been a different swimmer, I wouldn't be here. That's a that's winning a lottery right there. That that swimmer, the Dave swimmer, beat the other four hundred million swimmers. That's amazing. I saw a thing over the over the break. That the best we can trace it, we can trace it to 4,094 ancestors that had to have been born, lived long enough to make a baby, that lived long enough to make a baby. Just think of the chances that any of us are alive. It's absolutely astronomical. that crazy? Mm-hmm. 4,000 ancestors all of whom, had they tripped and hit their head, which evidently they did a lot back in the olden days, uh, you're, you're not here. You're not it's, here. It's stunning to think that we even have 4,000 ancestors. Right? I know, right? Like, great-great-grandparents go back to, like, the early 1800s right. in some cases. Yeah. So it's like, how is it possible to have 4,000 ancestors? Absolutely nuts. Speaking of me doing the show today like I'm in a high school play, uh, we all get this. People who are on, and I'm I'm the least non-ancient person, uh, have, I have the least uh, social media footprint of anyone. But just having TikTok is enough to, like, get the flavor, right? And the one, one thing that I'm so very sick of in this world is we all understand in our own way when someone is being performative, right? Like, you meet uh, your, your best girlfriend's new boyfriend, and you're like, no, no, no. 
he's kind of trying kind of hard, right? And the poor guy's just trying to make an impression. He's, he's just being performative. We've all done it. We've all seen it. But the world now feels that way, that every meal you make is a performance. Every take you give on a topic, everything that happens in your life, at least that you're going to put online, and many times it's about look at the whipped potatoes I made. Um, it's, I'm just so sick of watching my fellow humans who aren't performers turn everything into a performance. You feel me? Yeah. I feel like it's it's not even just like, oh, they want to be me. They want to be a comic. They want to be famous. They want to be this. No, it, it's not that. It's that normal everyday things and normal everyday people, which I think we rely on the normalcy of that. That we've all lost our damn minds and we're all just out there shouting it to the back rows when no one's really listening. Right? Yeah, I get what you're saying. But what you have to keep in mind is the millions and millions of people who don't post anything. And I that's still the majority. And yeah. I forget that. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I mean, you're seeing what you're seeing because you're looking for it. You're on TikTok and like right. that's where it lives. Yeah. I you're wonder right. what like what would how many Users does TikTok have? Do we know? Mm. Yeah, I just saw this. Um, is it a billion? Does that make sense? Worldwide. Yeah, I think it was a so billion. So one in eight. Could be close to a billion. That means like seven or eight billion are not doing it. That's an interesting way to look at You know, because I, I always forget that, especially about like Twitter. Like only 20% of the country's on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not a really large mm-hmm. percentage, yet it can feel like it's too much if you're spending too much time yeah. on there or whatever. That's Interesting. As a performer, I feel like, well, I I don't feel like this. I know it's true because I can go back and listen to my old tapes. I've become uh, much more, believe it or not, if you're new to the show, a mature performer. Uh, I'm no longer doing a lot of like voices and bits and characters. And that was fun. And I really enjoyed it. And I just, it doesn't appeal to me much anymore. I like talking to people. I can still be really stupid and goofy, but I like, I like, Real talk. When you're trying to compete, uh, like, I'm never going to make it on Let's Make a Deal. We talked about this. I'm never going to make it. Right right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> I'm never going to get picked for The Price is Right. I, I, I don't have a game show personality. And that's how it feels today. Because yeah. like it or not, I am competing with every podcast. I'm competing with every TikTok account. And I am no longer the guy. I used to be. Uh, who would go toe-to-toe with you on, that guy's so crazy, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. It no longer appeals to me. And that's how it feels sometimes in the marketplace that I'm at uh, a tryout for The Price is Right and I'm I'm not being big enough. Yeah, I, d- I definitely relate to that. We've talked before, Dave, about how I have pretty bad RBF and it like it affects my life. Like people people think that I like hate them. Okay? Or, yeah, and, and, but it's just like this is just kind of my face. Uh, I just don't look super happy all the time. This is just the way it is. I try to lighten that up, you know, if I catch myself. But I mean, then you look really crazy. Yeah, then I look insane because I'm like <laughs> I have this <laughs> smile plastered on my face. But I totally get what you're saying. The thing is, what makes the show special is that we're not just trying to do the same trick as everybody else. It's a totally different thing. So we have our own, you know, audience built into that and our audience is great. Yeah. So, And isn't it sad and interesting that the trick that we're now doing is just being real? 
but it stands out like a sore thumb because most mm-hmm. entertainment that you consume these days feels anything but real. It just feels very, I don't know. Maybe it's just my no, feed that I'm getting. But no, it's all very processed. It's all very, yeah. um, you know, with TikTok, you only have, you know, 30 seconds to make a point. So you have to exaggerate yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And put yeah, a big but, stupid look on your face. I think it's been this way for a long time. Like, it's as a sports guy, it's something that has always frustrated me is all the hot take guys. Hot take, hot take. Everything, yeah. they got a hot take. They're yeah. mad about everything. Everything's a big deal. And I'm the guy over here going, come on. Not everything's that big yeah, of a deal. Let's just talk about it. Yeah, like the Skip Baylesses of the world that have to create nonsense out of nowhere where it doesn't really even you know exist. What's especially sad is when someone was really good at being normal, like yeah. Bob Costas. If Bob Costas were to become Mad Dog, right? <laughs> yeah. And you've seen that. You have colleagues oh my God, yeah. who used to be normal. Well, I mean, Skip Bayless used to be normal. Until he realized that being a crazy person on TV pays more. And, you know, I mean, I go back. I I've, I had him on radio shows in the 90s, in the mid to late 90s, when he was writing for the San Jose Mercury News, and he was a columnist. And he was a little, he was very opinionated. But he wasn't like a crazy person. Now he's a crazy person. Because crazy gets you on TV. And for a lot of us that are not willing to be that, it's super frustrating. And you see it in the news, the people that are on the news are not the rational take people. And I'm talking about the TV networks. They're not the rational, smart. Yeah. It, they're the ones that are willing to drop yeah, bombs. There's a reason that Brett Bear is not on at 8 p.m. Right. The bomb throwers get that. Tucker Carlson gets that. Rachel Maddow gets that. Related, it's all the bomb throwers. Related question. Um, all of the culture wars that we're overly well acquainted with in politics like when I say, you know, the performative nature of TikTok and such and Rachel, you say like, ah, eh, you know, that's still it's a, it's, a, it's a tiny minority of people who are doing that. Most people are just out there living their lives. Are the culture wars in politics overblown as far as their importance, what people are really in danger of indoctrinating your kids to make them gay or to make them not gay or to this or to that? Or does the Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade show us, oh, wow, these things are real. There can be real life consequences from the culture wars. I think a lot of the culture war stuff is not real, but the effects from perceiving them are real. And if that sounds really stupid, it might be stupid. But I'm gonna, what I mean by that is no, like... No, it sounded smart. What I mean by that is like... It could like, just be your sweater. <laughs> I don't think anybody is, indo- is attempting to indoctrinate children into any way of thinking for example i don't think people are trying to indoctrinate but the response to, gay, to it makes it real but the response to it then makes it real and and the things that you're that you do when you feel like someone else is doing something or perceive that someone else is doing something whether they are or not that makes it real and those responses are real you guys agree I guess I don't fully understand what you mean you need a sweater i think i do so um. so, so for so for example uh. if if you perceive that uh, somebody is doing drag shows in a library to try and indoctrinate children into becoming gay or trans or whatever. Well, they're really pulling books. That's a real response to a perceived threat. Yes. Then you start pulling books. Then you start trying to get libraries shut down. Then you start uh, maybe in some extreme cases, if you already are kind of on the edge um, mentally or stably, then you start maybe acting out like physical acts of violence in response to what you think is 
something going on that most likely is not. Hey, what happened to the whole war on Christmas this year? Nobody was really jumping on that. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't hear one thing. I didn't hear anybody going crazy nationally like the war on Christmas is on again. Well, because uh, we, Kevin, you exposed what Xmas really means. And well, I, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Were you, you, were you, you ended that? the war on I Christmas? Don't think so. Oh, that yeah. The whole thing where people get mad about using the X in taking Christmas, Christ taking the Christmas. Christ, it's actually the way it was done back in that time. Oh, in really? It's actually like how they do things in Greek. It was. It's actually in religious writings that was used that way. And it's it's fine. It's just an abbreviation. The end for of the Christ. war on Christmas with yeah. one shot. Yeah, <laughs> like people get mad about it, and the reality is, it's always been there from the very beginning of Christianity, and it was a very well accepted practice. You know, when the Bible was being written. Hmm. Learn something new. Yeah, every day. I didn't that was know. one of his holiday I, see, facts. Yeah, you missed holiday one, facts. One Glover show. And- <laughs> yeah, I did holiday facts that that whole week leading up to Christmas because there are all kinds of misconceptions about things. Some of them, most of them, were not that smart. Most were just dumb. Like, did you know that, that was actually a Thanksgiving thong? <laughs> oh, that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> like, the stupidest one I can think That's of. That's not example. what I meant. He did the voice and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you guys know that that one was actually? Because I had a, a bunch that were just, thong. I had like 10 of them that were stupid, but one mattered. One was decent. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you how bad over the break, like we all get a little, you know, we're kind of rotting in our pajamas and eating the muffins and meat. Yep. And at my lowest, I was watching a show by myself about alien abductions oh. and thought, it didn't look that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting. It would be an interesting thing that could happen to a person. No more responsibility. <laughs> He's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, are, I think, could could, the, could they be any crazier than what we're dealing yeah, with? Yeah, I mean, if you get an anal probe, it's like like anyone expects you to deliver. <laughs> you know, speaking of, uh, you don't have to be funny while they're doing that. Yeah. Speaking of lowest points, uh, my lowest point was so when I went on vacation, I made a vow that I was not going to wear jeans the whole vacation. Just going uh, to the poo? No, well, either that or either that or I'd wear like sweatpants or something comfy. And I was at uh, a friend's house for New Year's Eve, and I mentioned that to him, and he went. Oh, that's weird. And I, that was my lowest point. I was like, oh. Were you wearing sweatpants while I you was. told him? I was. Were, I was were like, you rolling it out as if it were something that he should be impressed by? <laughs> kind of. I was like, so here's why I'm wearing sweatpants. So my promise was that I would not wear jeans. He's like, oh, that's sad. <laughs> Isn't it, now, first of all, who is that person to judge about jeans? Like jeans he, are like haute couture. Yeah, no, he's a guy who wears like jeans around the house. He's weird. Oof. You guys don't wear jeans around the house? No. Not really. Never. Yeah. I don't usually, but it's happened. Like, oh, you it's a up, Saturday? You backed off on that one pretty quick. No, no, I, I mean, I, I mean it would be rare. Where, I mean, I don't either. Be, it would be rare because it's not, you know, but I mean, it's not like, I don't, wear, I, so I don't think home, of that as being like a weird thing for someone to do. Like, hold my on. dad does it. Hold on. When you go home, you don't like change or no, anything. You just no, hop right into the chair in your jeans. No, I change. Like a crazy person. No, I wear sweats. Okay. Yeah. Or but, shorts in the summer. But, but. But you think it's weird that we don't want to wear jeans at home? I don't That's understand. That's not what I'm saying. It I'm saying like it. I'm saying it's weird that your friend was judgy like wearing jeans was some kind of sign of class. Okay, we have a dumbest argument in yeah. 2024 so far. <laughs> well, they're not arguing about the same thing. Yeah, no, I know. That's weird. <laughs> just wait. But they're both calling each other out like, so what you're saying so is. So what you're saying. So yes. what I understand from what you just said <laughs> is that. Hey, just wait. We got 11 more months of this. Yeah, let me. <laughs> 253 DGS, happy 2024, uh, building on, and I realized that uh, I only wore jeans one time over the break. 
Uh, the kids and I went to dinner at Squires uh, down in uh, your old neighborhood, Rach, mm-hmm. in Lafayette Square. And uh, Chef Bethany came out. With, such a great place. Mm. Such a great place. Just It's wonderful. I loved it. Great food, great ambiance, kind of lodgy. In a non-douche yeah. kind of way. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Squires is great. But anyway, that's the only time I put on pants. And you were talking about <laughs> the what would you wear? What outfit would you be stuck in? Like, if someone came to you and they said, okay, it's the second day of 2024, the whole rest of the year, this is what you're wearing, what would you go run and put on? Well, I was telling you it guys. It has to work for every occasion. I was at uh, Barnes & Noble, and I bought Outside Magazine because I fancy myself a backpacker when I've never actually done it. Well, sure. The same way, uh, for years, I, I subscribed to three different sailing magazines and have only been <laughs> on a sailboat once in my life. So I'm consistent. Anyway, they had, like, best products of the year. And one was Viore pants for dudes, and they're $98. And everyone knows that I live in $30 jeans and $15 T-shirts. Uh that other men have worn before me because I buy them used on eBay. That's what I do. But I splurge and I'm like, okay, I'll play your reindeer game. I'll pay $100 for sweatpants that look like you could wear them to work. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. What have I done with my yeah. life until now? They're wonderful. I just really? got my first. They weren't, they weren't the fancy ones like that. I think mine were 30 bucks, but same thing. They're amazing. It's the greatest invention ever. They look like real pants and they're sweatpants. Is that the greatest thing to come out of the pandemic is leisure wear has become mm. acceptable in day-to-day life? Mm. I don't know, because I judge other people for it. Really? Yes. Uh, like at work, if I see someone wearing yoga pants, I'm like, boy, back in my day. Uh, <laughs> and yet I really want to wear these Viore pants I bought, but they don't make Viore underwear. And so it'd be a lot of Dave. So I'm just not, <laughs> you know. Not ready. Not sure I should walk into Steve Moore's office and be like, I've been thinking about the podcast. I'd be like, yeah. (laughs) Not what I'm thinking about right now. Dave, can you please sit down? Like, I have a new name for it. Steve was like, luckily, I am also your HR rep. (laughs) Yeah. Let's kill two birds with one stone. Right. One, you're fired. (laughs) That's really funny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.